Hello, friends and colleagues. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music. Today's podcast, episode 77, is all about lyric discovery. Yes, we're focusing on our Freebie Friday download. Now, I want to share some interesting discoveries I have had in the past month with my students when we have been diving into better understanding of the songs that they are singing. And I wanted to share some strategies to help your singers of all ages to sing more expressively. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, teaching strategies and resources for voice teachers working with young singers. Now here's your host, Nikki Loney. Hello there, friends and colleagues. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Full Voice Podcast. Today, we are talking about lyric discovery, diving into better understanding of the story behind our song and expressive singing. Now, I have so many great teaching ideas and strategies to share with you today. I have a lot of shout outs to my amazing community of teachers, so many brilliant, passionate teachers that I have connected with. And I get to take some great ideas back to my studio, which I have done. I also have some very interesting observations that I think you probably see in your teaching studio as well. So I just wanted to put them out there. Um, But uh, first of all, I want to, um, I want to just mention that I am recording this podcast and it's the first day of spring. And it is beautiful and sunny outside, and it's going to go up to 10 degrees Celsius. We're in Canada. And that is a big deal because it has been a cold, icy, uh, yucky winter. I've had more snow day cancellations this year than I have ever had in my entire teaching career. And that's 30 years of teaching. And I know that I am not alone. I know that most of you in the Northern Hemisphere have had a record number of uh, snow days, cancellations, weather-related cancellations. So this day is beautiful and sunny, and I'm going to take that 10 degrees and enjoy it. But um, I hope where you are, you are having a wonderful day, an inspired day. Anyhow, getting back to our podcast today about lyric discovery, about our Freebie Friday. Uh, first of all, I really need to shout out to um, two wonderful music educators, voice teachers, and friends and colleagues, uh, Dana Lentini and Tracy Ford. Uh, last month, um, I had wonderful conversations uh, with both of them. So podcast number 71, Tracy shared her passion for introducing new languages to her singers. Very helpful podcast. Uh, very inspiring podcast because truth be told, diving into new languages is never on the top of my things I want to do a lot list. <laughs> but with uh, with Tracy's help, I have far more strategies and inspiration to do so. And then my good friend Dana Lentini had excellent teaching strategies for working with young singers on first songs and um, learning the words and the lyrics. And she had some really inspiring ideas. Again, I took a lot of these ideas back to my studio. It's both of these wonderful music educator, voice teacher experts that inspired me 
to create last month's Freebie Friday, which is called Lyric Discovery. So in diving into um, better understanding of the lyrics, it was very eye-opening. And I wanted I wanted a, a way to kind of guide my students through more comprehensive activities and get them to dig deeper. So our Freebie Friday... Uh, is very simple. It's a two-page uh, download, and there's a spot for the students to actually write the lyrics out. And yes, I know they don't like writing anything anymore, but I made them do it anyways. I'm going to talk about that later. And um, then it asks a lot of different questions. One of the questions is expressive words. What words in the text of the song help us to describe the emotion or the feeling behind the song? The other question that comes up quite a bit uh, with songs is new words or new phrases. So there's a place on the lyric discovery sheet where students and teachers can discover any new words that might not be in their vocabulary. There's also a little question about musical form. I think musical form is very important. Uh, we don't discuss this enough with our singing students, and I think this is something that helps them, A, memorize their songs faster, and B, work more efficiently with accompanists. So there's a little thing about a musical form. One of my favorite questions to always ask my students, and I can't quite remember who gave me this idea. And I'm so sorry, I do like to attribute properly and give credit where credit is due. And I can't remember who gave me this idea. But it's brilliant. I use it all the time with students of all ages, which is to ask them what their favorite line in the song is. And that opens up a lot of conversation for students that haven't thought enough about their lyrics. Well, it makes them kind of go back and look over the song. And it really helps to open up better understanding and more expressive singing. So the uh, lyric discovery sheet is available on our free resources page. It's also linked on this podcast page. You can check out the link in the show notes. Um, but I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into this opportunity we have in our teaching studios. And I want to shout out to all the teachers that uh, have sent me messages. Um, that, uh, there's quite a few teachers that are using the Lyric Discovery Sheet, and I'm getting some really fantastic feedback. Uh, a lot of teachers are recognizing how much help our students need with understanding lyrics. And I do want to shout out to my friend and colleague, Donna Rodenizer, who um, posted on our Facebook page. Uh, she was uh, commenting on the freebie saying, this isn't just a great activity for private students. This would be a great activity for choral and for classroom vocal music. She says, this is a, this is a common theme and it doesn't matter if you're singing solo or singing in a choir, uh, understanding that the text is so important. So I was, I was so tickled to get Donna's comment. So thank you, Donna, for uh, sharing, um, sharing our stuff and uh, and adding to the conversation. I love that. Um, so uh, I want to shout out everybody that's been using it and, and enjoying it. Thank you so much. And if you haven't done so, it's there on our website. Now, I wanted to share some interesting observations with doing these exercises with my students. And I have been doing the lyric discovery with all of my students, including my teens and including some of my adults. 
So here's a couple of things that um, kind of, well, I'm just going to share them and you can judge for yourself. So first of all, I thought for some of my students that it would be a great activity for them to do at home uh, and to incorporate in their practicing. So I assigned the lyric discovery sheet as homework. Not one of my students brought back the sheet completed. It stayed in their bags and just got more crumpled than when I first gave it to them. Uh, It was very disappointing, a little frustrating. Okay, it was a lot frustrating. So uh, I then decided, well, if you guys aren't going to do this at home, and really the exercise would have taken maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes tops. Um, If you're not going to do it at home, then we're going to do it in the lesson studio. So I had my students pick a song that they were working on. And we started by just writing out a verse. Um, I didn't make them write out the whole song in the lesson, but I did start with a verse or two. First of all, a lot of my students are incredibly reluctant to write, like take a pen or a pencil and write. I think that is just the sign of our times. Um, Most students, especially my teens, are using computers to type reports. And uh, a lot of my students are in a rush, and writing takes so long, apparently. Um, So it was interesting to see how reluctant they were to actually write it out. But once we got started, they kind of calmed down a little bit. A lot of my students, especially my older students, have atrocious spelling. They do not think about how words are spelt because they have autocorrect. And um, I think, uh, educationally speaking, it's a general statement that spelling is not a a focus as it once was because of technology. Um, So I had to reassure my students that I'm not judging them or marking them on their spelling. And if they're really concerned about it, they could actually take time to find their book and copy out the words. Most of them were not willing to go the extra mile to do that. Anyhow, so um, this was really interesting. And again, once we got started, they were fine. Um, The other thing that I found made my students very uncomfortable. This was very a uh, big eye-opener for me, um, is that when I asked them to read the verse aloud, this also made them very uncomfortable. And uh, so, which made me think, well, if reading this the words aloud makes you uncomfortable, how does singing it make you feel? And uh, so I, I feel when it comes to performance, um, we have to... Uh, guide and support our students through uncomfortable feelings. I think that that's one of the things with performance is that we're teaching people to be okay with being uncomfortable. Um, That's why I like having parents in the teaching studio, because if your students aren't comfortable singing in front of their mom and dad, they're not dealing with those uncomfortable feelings and those nerves. They're not going to feel any more comfortable singing in front of anybody else. So that's, I, that's a big thing for me in my teaching studio. So here I have many students of varying ages, uncomfortable with writing, uncomfortable with reading aloud. Um, but once we got past those those icky feelings, we did dive into some very interesting conversations. And 
the other observation that I've I find that I found is that a lot of our students are very uncomfortable asking questions. Now I know that you are working very hard in your teaching studio to create a safe space where students feel comfortable, whether they make a mistake or their voice makes a funny sound. This is all part of the learning process and we, uh, we can do uh, many things to help our students feel comfortable and safe in our teaching studios. Um, but I also want my students to feel safe and comfortable to ask questions. And now for the My Music Staff Minute. Hey everyone, Katrina here, and today we're chatting about being accessible. We now live in an age where we can answer almost any question with a quick Google search from the smartphone that's glued to our hip. The expectation of instant answers has also extended to the services we do business with. So it's important to make sure you are conveniently accessible to your current students and any new leads. Don't worry, this doesn't mean you need to be on call 24-7. The best way to be available to your clients passively would be a studio website. This will be working for you around the clock. You can include the answers to your most commonly asked questions by maintaining an up-to-date frequently asked questions section. This would be the first place your students or new web visitors look for help regarding policy or lesson inquiries. If someone can't find their answer, give them another way to reach out to you. Consider publishing a studio email or a phone number. Again, this doesn't mean you need to be on call to answer it immediately. Most customers just want the reassurance that someone will be answering their question at some point, so an informative voicemail letting them know you'll get back to them will often do. If you'd prefer not to publish your email address or phone number, a contact form is a must. No matter how many contact methods you choose to offer, be prepared to engage with your customer in a timely and convenient manner. Set the expectation for when they can expect a response. As an example, your voicemail message can simply state that you've received their call and will return the call within one business day. Start your 30-day free trial of My Music Staff today at www.mymusicstaff.com. And don't worry, if any questions come up, we're accessible by phone, email, contact form, or our extensive frequently asked questions. We will get back to you within one business day. Stay tuned for next week's tips and tricks on the My Music Staff Minute, exclusively on the Full Voice Podcast. But I also want my students to feel safe and comfortable to ask questions. And I have, I have a, a lovely little girl in my teaching studio, and she is progressing uh, much faster than many of my students. And my theory is, is that she loves to ask questions. Um, quite often in our lesson, she will say, Nikki, I have a question. Uh, sometimes she bursts into my teaching studio and goes, Nikki, I have a whole bunch of questions. I have questions. This comes out of my little singer so often, and I adore her for it. We have very productive lessons. Yes, sometimes the lessons kind of get off track a little bit, but I believe that answering her questions is helping her. This little singer 
um, and she's nine, I think she's just turning nine, uh, is moving so quickly through all of her books, through her repertoire. She memorizes songs very quickly. She sings expressively. And I truly believe a large part of that is her willingness to ask questions. So my first teacher tip, and um, I, uh, I got this from a colleague of mine who is a very experienced classroom teacher. Um, instead of asking our students uh, do you have a question? When we ask them that, uh, that's a yes or no answer, right? And most likely, if they just want to not be uncomfortable, they'll just say, no, no, I don't have any questions. But a better question for your students would be, what questions do you have? Ah, that's not a yes or no answer, they have now the opportunity to think about something that they might like to ask you. And if they do have a question that they are hesitant to put out there, when we open that up with what questions do you have, they're more likely to ask. So I want to shout out to Heidi, my good friend, colleague, and assistant, uh, for, for telling me about that. I've been using that for a while and it, you get a very different response. So, um, when we are working with our kids, uh, we, we really want to get, create that safe space. We want to encourage them asking questions. We want to encourage conversation. Um, and again, this is, this is one of those tricky things. I know that, um, we want to have productive lessons. And the question is, and the question that I often ask other teachers is what, in your opinion, is a productive lesson? Is a productive lesson where you do some vocal exercises and sing a whole bunch of songs? Um, is a productive lesson where you do a series of activities? Um, productive lessons for, I believe, introductory students, beginner students need to be approached in a holistic manner with lots of different activities. We don't really want to specialize too much with our young singers because there's a lot of foundational skills that they really need to develop. And as much as I would love for someone else to take up the charge when it comes to theory and music reading and all of that stuff, um, I think it's important for every mu music educator to nurture all of those skills. So when we are taking some time out from uh, vowel modification or singing through the song and working on pitches to dive into lyric analysis or reading comprehension, I personally don't believe that that is a wasted lesson, and I think that it serves our students well. Now, that leads me into my next calm little part here that I want to talk about. And oh my goodness, there's so much information on this. So uh, again, I need to shout out to my classroom teacher colleagues who have provided me with some very detailed information. Reading comprehension is a big subject. It's a big challenge. It is something that classroom teachers are working very hard to help students with. And um, there's a lot of information. There's tons of research on this. And I'm just, just 
glossing over it, but I think I've got, I've pulled out some really key points for the voice teacher in the private teaching studio. So first of all, reading comprehension is the ability to process text and understand the meaning and in a way make it relatable to our life experience. And this is definitely a challenge when we are looking at lyrics, for sure. Now, for young singers who are new to reading, so singers that are just learning to read, or for singers of any age who struggle with reading skills, this is when they have problems with reading comprehension, because when a student struggles with word recognition, they are busy trying to understand and just read the word. This extra work interferes with their ability to comprehend what the meaning is. Now, my son is eight years old. I see this every day when I'm helping him with his reading. And actually, I'm going to be really candid. Uh, full disclosure, his father helps him much more with reading because I get so frustrated. I have so much patience for my vocal students. But when it comes to helping my son with reading, I get so frustrated. So shout out to my husband, who's just much more kind and patient than I am when it comes to our son. Anyhow, um, so I see this with my son. My son uh, insists on reading at a breakneck speed. He plows through paragraphs. He ghosts words that he doesn't know. Like, I got to give him credit. He's a bit of a con artist. And it's like, okay. Uh, and um, my my classroom colleague and friend Heidi assures me that this is quite common. Students that don't know words are, are not really eager to ask about them. They'll just kind of mumble them and keep reading. That's my son. Um, he does not like to go slowly, and um, he does not understand the meaning behind a lot of simple sentences and, and paragraphs. So we have to go back and ask a lot of questions and ask him to reread it, which, of course, makes him very angry. And uh, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is something. <laughs> so when it comes to our songs that we're teaching our students. There's a lot of, there's a lot of challenges. Um, recently, my vocal class, uh, which has uh, students um, six to eight years old, we were diving into folk songs. Now, there is a lot of challenges within folk songs. So first of all, you've got some vocab vocabulary challenges. There's words, old-fashioned words that people don't use anymore that need to be explained to our singers. Um, there are uh, events and stories that they really struggle with relating to. So, you know, we were, we sang Lavender's Blue, which is about working in the fields. And, you know, my kids didn't really grasp why you would do that. And it was a really interesting conversation. Um, but there are so many challenges within lyrical text. The other problem sometimes is that the way that lyrics are typeset 
where they are broken into syllables can be very confusing. And sometimes the word is not understood because they're not seeing the word in its entire form. I have that happen a lot. Um, sometimes uh, the poetry, if you have a song that's a poem put to music, poetry requires a more advanced reading comprehension and it's lost on many many singers. Now for my adults, some of my adults, if I were to ask them what the song they are singing is about, a lot of them don't know. A lot of them love the song that they're singing, but really the true meaning behind it isn't isn't known. And it's always interesting when I'm working with them and that conversation comes up. Now, I want to talk about um vocabulary for a moment because reading comprehension and vocabulary skills go hand in hand. And this is where um, the curse of knowledge can attack us. And if you didn't listen to the podcast about curse of knowledge, uh, please check that out. So the curse of knowledge is when we forget what it's like to be a beginner. And I did this recently with one of my students. She was singing a lullaby And there was a line that she was struggling with. And after a little bit of investigation and questioning, uh, it sounds like I'm interrogating her. I wasn't interrogating her. Um, But after some questioning, I realized we found out that she did not understand the word weep. So once I told her that weep means cry, her face lit up, the light bulb went off, and then we were able to continue on. So sometimes simple words for us are not in a child's or a teen's or even an adult's vocabulary. So sometimes words go un, undiscovered. So that's one of the wonderful benefits of teaching privately is that we can help students discover the words and the meaning that they might be missing. And the way that we can dive into this a little bit deeper is by asking questions and having discussions. Now, this is a uh, a teaching strategy in classrooms. So classrooms will often have what they call instructional conversations or comprehension through discussions where the teacher will ask some questions and then the class will throw out ideas and, and comments which will then help the other students to grasp um, the reading comprehension and then hopefully join in on the conversation. Now, obviously in the private teaching studio, we don't have a classroom of kids, so the conversation is between Uh, the teacher and the student. And we can do this in a very friendly way. Like I said, I wasn't interrogating my student about what she did and didn't know. Uh, I was asking questions and leading her gently into asking her own questions. So um, some of the uh, some of the questions uh, that you can ask and and questions are used to promote um, critical thinking and aesthetic thinking. So questions can be super simple. Like the first comprehension questions that you ask in reading is usually remembering details. So some of the comprehension work that my son does is he'll read a short paragraph and then it'll just ask him to 
um, find some of the details. So what day of the week did Johnny go to the store? And then my son will look back on the paragraph and go, oh, the very first sentence says Johnny went to the store on a Wednesday. So remembering those details is one of the first questions. Because again, if they're not understanding the words, they're not picking out those basic details. Then we can ask questions um, that in a very kind way, test their understanding. So uh, with my little student who was struggling with the lullaby, uh, I like to ask questions like, well, why do you think the student or do you think the character in the story is upset? Do you think they're upset? Or why do you think this, the, the baby is crying? And I'm... I'm asking simple questions and their answers or their reluctance to answer can tell you a lot. Um, and then you can then you can start to work on um, visualization. So our students um, need those mental images um, that bring words to life. So this is expressive singing 101. And sometimes our students need a little help with this. So when we're asking questions, we can ask questions like that aren't answered in the song. So uh, um, I forget what song we were singing. It was a folk song. Um, I think it was Come by the Hills. And I was asking them, you know, what what do you see in your mind? Like, what, what does this look like to you? And uh, Come by the Hills talks about the landscape of... Um, of uh, the UK, the countryside. And, um, you know, we talked about, well, maybe it's a park or maybe it's a forest. And I was like, well, they don't talk about trees in this. So, well, then maybe it's a field. Okay, well, what does it look like? So just kind of leading a little bit and asking about the picture that they see. So if your students are struggling to give you a picture or an image or some visualization, it might need, we might need to go back into the lyrics and talk a little bit about them. I also think that teachers can uh, share, if you have a student that's not so comfortable in sharing their feelings or sharing what they are thinking, then don't be afraid to share what you see or what you feel. Uh, when I ask my students, what's your favorite line in the song? Um, I'll often share what my favorite line in this song, or I'll say, you know, another one of my students really likes this, this line because it makes her think of this. And again, we're engaging them in a different way, letting them know that there's, there's more than one way to appreciate the, the text. It can be really interesting and fun and leave your students with, um, with more ideas. Now, one of the activities that I have done with my younger students and my more artistic students, or my, my students that are interested in more artistic things, um, is I encourage them to draw a picture, um, drawing a picture about the song that they are singing. For some children, drawing a picture is more assess accessible, accessible um, than talking about it. 
So with our little ones that are still developing their speaking skills, sometimes they do a better job of expressing themselves through pictures. So don't be afraid to ask them to maybe they're practicing this week instead of uh, it could be reading the song and then drawing a picture of the song. So um, that I find is super helpful. Um, and the students that like to draw will be very, very interested in doing that homework for you. Now, um, teachers uh, who are working on uh, contemporary music, I always find this challenging because a lot of my young singers are watching the videos of the contemporary songs. And instead of looking at the lyrics for understanding, they're watching the little movie. I just did air, air quotes here. The movie behind the, you know, the professionally produced movie um, and then using that as their reference. And I always encourage my singers um, to think outside of that and just take a verse. Um, and when I ask them about the verse, they'll often say, well, in the video, this is what is happening. And I say, okay, well, that's one person's story. What's your story about this verse? What does it make you feel? Now, it's hard for them to disconnect from the uh, sensational movie that they've watched about the song, especially if they really like the artist. But it's a great exercise. And again, it does open up more conversations, more questions, more investigation. And um, I... Uh, I often, I often struggle with that, um, getting them out of what they've seen on YouTube and into their own heads. But it's, it's worth a conversation. Now, I'm going to wrap things up there. I think there's some great strategies. I hope that you will uh, dive into some lyric discovery and hopefully encourage your students to explore the, the text and the language and um, the meaning behind their song. The end game, the, the really true objective is to help our singers to sing more expressively. And I think that starts with deeper understanding and true understanding of the lyrics. And there's so much there that we can dive into. Now, before I go... I want to uh, thank the wonderful people at My Music Staff for the My Music Staff Minute. Always great business tips. And those wonderful people are dedicated in helping music teachers uh, run professional studios. If you haven't checked out My Music Staff, you can do so for free for 30 days. So thanks to all the kind folk there. Uh, I do want to shout out to all my amazing community of teachers on Voice Teachers for Young Singers and my wonderful colleagues in the Speakeasy Cooperative for all of their wonderful feedback and suggestions and ideas and inspiration. Thank you so much. And um, I want to, again, uh, if you haven't checked out the podcasts with Dana Lentini and Tracy Ford all about languages and diving into text, please do so. So many wonderful, wonderful teaching strategies. Great. Uh, great conversations. I'm so lucky. I get to take so much wonderful information back to my teaching studio. I am always in awe and grateful to my friends and colleagues. 
For those of you listening to this podcast, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. And for those of you who have taken the time to leave a rating and a review on iTunes, so much appreciation there. That helps new people find our podcast. It helps me stay motivated. It also helps us to continue to create wonderful interviews and resources for the private teacher working in the trenches. As always, I am wishing you an inspired day of teaching and happy singing. Thank you for listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and teacher resources, please visit our website at thefullvoice.com. Made by Canoe Music. Canoemusic.ca Hello, friends and colleagues. Thank you so much for joining me on the Full Voice Podcast. I... I'm looking at the screen of the recording program right this second. I just looked up and my husband has set up this uh, recording session. And instead of having my name on the track where it would say Nikki's lead vocal or whatever, it says Xena. <laughs> well done, husband. Well done. Nice.